you're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Dr. Ed Montgomery Sr. ministers a message entitled Transition. Stay tuned. saying, 
declare unto us the parable of the tears of the field. They were curious. They wanted to know what that parable really meant. What did it stand for? How do you apply this, Lord? And he said, in the 37th verse, he answered them and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. In other words, the weeds. Somebody shout the word weeds. Weeds. Yeah, weeds. I don't know if you've ever had a garden or in your yard you had a bunch of weeds. And weeds are, they grow, but they don't profit you anything. They don't bear fruit. They, they don't, you know, provide any kind of aesthetic beauty. They don't look too good. They, they're just a bunch of weeds. Amen? Yeah, they're weeds. And, and when, when you see weeds, usually your first inclination is to pull them up, to get rid of them. So you, you think in your mind, I'll pull them up, and that will allow the good plant to thrive. It'll allow the good plant to grow. But how many of you know weeds are smart little critters? Yeah, weeds are smart. Weeds will, weeds will blend themselves into the plant that's right next to it. A weed will wrap itself around a plant and begin to take the nourishment that you are feeding the plant and the weed will suck from that. The weed will take from that. It will actually absorb the moisture or the water that's in the ground that's meant for the plant. The weed will take it and the weed will try to thrive and thrive off of what you're trying to nourish the good plant with. So weeds are smart. They're not they're not by any means docile. They're not by any means, you know, silly. They're, they're, they're not dumb. They, they are very creative. If the plant turns red, the weed will turn red. If the plant starts to grow tall, the weed will grow tall. So it's hard sometimes to distinguish the difference between the good plant and the weed. Yeah, yeah, because, see, see, a lot of people, and I'm not talking about the weed that other people be thinking about. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm talking about, because some of y'all, y'all, they, 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 they have weed. Yeah, and they're talking about, yeah, I got good weed. There's no such thing as good weed. Amen? Yeah, weeds, all weeds need to be burned up. All weeds need to be discarded. The end result of all weed is the furnace. It is to be sent, cast into the furnace, and to be burned up. So let's not get it twisted this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah, but, but the good plant, Jesus began to speak to them, and he says the good plant, the good seed are the children, and the tears or the weeds are the children of the wicked one. The 39th verse says the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. In other words, the end of this era, as we know it, the end of this dimension. And I, I'm going to work with that word for a few minutes this morning, the end of this dimension, this world. We right now live in what we call a three-dimensional space, a three-dimensional world. We can see, you know, uh, we can see it in front of us, we can see to the sides of us, and if we turn around, we can see behind us. So we know things have three dimensions. If I'm looking at the wall, I can't see what's on the other side of the wall right now because I'm behind the wall. So uh, my dimensions are limited in this world, okay? It's limited. There's certain things that I can and certain things that I cannot do in this dimension. 
because this dimension was not meant for me to be able to look around and be able to see ubiquitously all everything all at the same time my mind just can't absorb that i can't look and tell you what's going on in fifth avenue in new york right now this very second i cannot do that i am not able to to enter into that dimension even if i were to be elevated elevated and to go up into the, the altitudes and to look down i might be able to see, see a glimpse of new york city but i can't tell you what's going on down the street i'm not prepared physically to be in that dimension yeah so 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 dimensions are important and, and you'll see why in just a few minutes. But he says that the wicked one is the one that came and put the weeds in with the tear, with the, the good seed, the good soil, the good plant. The devil, he sowed seeds or he sowed tears. He sowed weeds into the good ground. And because he sowed weeds into it, some of the good plants began to get strangled or entangled with the weeds. So much so that it was almost impossible to separate the good plant without rooting up the good plant to take it away from the tear or from the weed. You couldn't pull the weed up because you pull up some of the roots of the good plant as well. And, and consequently, the good plant would die along with the weeds. So Jesus says, yeah, he says that Satan, he's the one who did this, but understand that at the end, he says, the devil, he's the one who sowed this, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers, I'm in the 39th verse, the reapers are the angels. He says, they're the ones that come at the end and separate the wheat from the tear, the good plant, the good seed from the bad seed, the, the good plant from the weeds. He's the one that does the separating on the angels at God's command. The 40th verse says, and therefore, as, there, as therefore the tears are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. Somebody shout, this dimension. This dimension, this dimension. yeah. So shall it be at the end of this dimension. Dimensions mean that there's space, this physical space. Dimensions. You can see it. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can interact with it. This dimension. I'm here to tell you that this morning it says in the 41st verse, the son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather or gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to stop there. We have been going through the book of Revelations. Our, our, our pastor, Montgomery, my son, amen, he's been covering and doing an excellent job covering the book of Revelations. And I believe we're at the last chapter of that book, the book of Revelations. And it gave insight into all of the things that would shortly be coming to pass on the face of this earth or on this in this dimension it gave sight insight and and the thing that really caught me the most was when we began to talk about not just the the, the events that were going to happen but the kingdom of god in other words the new city new jerusalem 
as it was being prepared and coming down from heaven onto this earth or into a a new dimension, into a new dimension. That's 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 it. Coming down into a whole new dimension. We call it a new earth, a new heaven and a new earth. But it's a new dimension. Amen. And as it came down, he began to describe the elements and the characteristics of that city. The thing that was phenomenal about it is it's it's something it's hard for our carnal minds to grasp what that dimension is really like. It really is. And I submit to you that Christ really was the one who initiated this back in the book of Matthew. When he began to tell them the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is likened unto, he began to describe what it was like because he had been in that other dimension. He had been there. So it was easy for him to speak eloquently about what it was like. But it was hard for those that were listening to grasp what is he talking about? How can these things be? It's hard for them to understand because they could not grasp that other dimension. And here's the thing. The more Christ stayed and dwelt on this earth, the more he realized how limited this dimension or this world really is. The more he did things and people were amazed that he could walk on water. They were amazed that he could take someone who was infirmed or sick and heal them. They were amazed at how he could perform miracles and multiply things like fish and bread. How he can, just by speaking the word or praying over them, cause them to be multiplied, to, to produce in this dimension. But see, he was familiar with being able to do that in a different dimension. And as he stayed here, the longer he stayed here, the longer he realized this place is limited for what God really has for us. It's really limited. He says mankind is down here, but he really and truly is limited. He's encapsulated in flesh. He's encapsulated in a body that is, is three-dimensional. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that God wants us to be multi-dimensional, not just three-dimensional. God wants us to be able to see forward, backwards, forward in time, backwards in time. He wants us to be able to, to look at time and say time really is irrelevant for us because we can be anywhere, at any place, at any time, whenever we want to be. And that's the dimension that, that Jesus was dealing with. You can imagine in your mind that he was walking around saying, I can be wherever I want to be right now just by thinking about it. So he had to control his thoughts and let alone control his thoughts. But he also had to be careful of the things that he spoke because he knew that he was the word incarnate in flesh or inside of flesh. And if he spoke a word, it would happen just like that. It would manifest. It would come forth just like that. So he had to be careful, very circumspect of what he spoke. And sometimes he would just get by himself so that he could be alone and with his own thoughts and allowing the Holy Spirit to just speak to him and minister him. And, and, and sometimes it would even take him to a whole other dimension, a whole other place. His physical body may have been here, but his, his thoughts could go to a totally different place. He cherished that. Because he said, this is what God really has for mankind. God wants mankind not to be limited by flesh. 
not to be limited by flesh. So he spoke to them in parables. In other words, in short stories, you know how it is. If you're a child or you have a child and the child is, is excited, child has had a great day and the child doesn't want to go to sleep when it's time to go to bed. It's nighttime and the child says, I don't want to go to bed. I'm not sleepy. But you say, but you've got to go to bed because you need your rest. And the child may get in bed, but then after a while, the child calls out and says, read me a bedtime story. In other words, tell me a, a, a story, something that can allow my mind to, to get wrapped around it so that I can be thinking about it. And as I think about it, then maybe my body will start to tire and I'll go to sleep. So children get used to listening to stories. They get used to that. They say, I know it may not be real, but it sounds entertaining. It stimulates my mind. If I'm reading about Jack and the Beanstalk, about Cinderella, about the three little pigs, if I'm reading about all of those things, then yes, it causes my mind to go somewhere else. And then eventually the child gets sleepy. But it's something that the child can understand. We don't tell children about the, the quadratic equations or about the theorem of ear or about the, 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 the theorems of mathematics. We don't tell people, children, that when we're trying to put them to sleep. That's a little too heavy for them. We give them little short stories that they can remember and that they can relate to. We tell them about one, two, or three characters that they can wrap their minds around and they can remember. And Jesus did the same thing with the people. He spoke to them in parables because he says, I can give it to them in small snippets. I can give them snippets of the information that I really want them to understand. And as they know more, they'll understand more. Parables. Parables to help them understand the difference between this dimension and the next dimension. What was he talking about? He was talking about the kingdom of of heaven or the kingdom of God. We use them interchangeably because many people will say, well, where is God? God is in heaven. Well, where is his kingdom? His kingdom is in heaven. Well, if his kingdom is in heaven, why do we call it the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God? Both of them are synonymous with each other. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God as well. That's where God dwells because he, in fact, is king. So when we think of it in those terms, we try to understand what his kingdom is going to be like. And as we're trying to think what his kingdom is going to be like, and he tells us these stories, he says it's like, it's like a, a, a little small amount of yeast or leaven. They call it leaven in that, the Bible days, a little small amount of yeast. And if I put it in some flour or in some meal, and I begin to knead or thread through knead the, the yeast, I mean, with the meal, eventually the yeast will mix with the flour. Yeah, it will. It'll start to interact and mix with the flour. And if I let it set for a while, it takes a little bit of time now, but if I let it set for a while, after a while, the meal will start to rise because that its interaction with the sodium bicarbonate, its interaction with the yeast will cause the meal to rise and it'll form a loaf. That's where we get our loaves of bread or our cakes from because the yeast that's in it has caused it to rise. And once it has risen or stopped risen, then we can put it in the oven and bake it. It's all ready to be baked so that we can turn it into bread or a cake. 
He says the kingdom of heaven is like that because yeast now, he says, you don't want to take a, a whole bag full of yeast and pour it in with the bag full of flour. You'll have a problem. Amen? Because it, it's not going to, it, you, it just takes a little bit of yeast or a little bit of leaven to leaven the whole loaf. It's just the same way with the kingdom of God. God took something that he recognized that was wonderful. And he says, I'm going to put it in a place. I'm going to hide it in a place because when I'm ready for it, it's going to take a little time. But when, it's, when I'm ready for it, it's going to be able to come forth in its true glory. That little thing that he's talking about is you and I. That little thing, that little soul. He looked at our souls and he says, if I encapsulate, if I put mankind in human flesh and hide him, put him on the earth and leave him there for a little amount of, a little amount of time, he says, don't get me wrong, things are going to interact with it. It's going to be interacted. And not only will it interact with the earth, which we do, and the earth grows as well as, as, as we grow, he says, but the enemy will also try to interfere with it. Amen. He says, the devil's going to come down, the devil's going to influence the mind of some of the seeds and cause them to become bad seeds, cause them to become unrighteous or wicked, to go against God's will. Some of them, some of them, not all of them. He says, but some of them, they're going to interact. And as they interact, if you're not careful, it'll be difficult to spot a Christian from a non-Christian. Well, come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm going somewhere with this this morning. It'll be very challenging for you to just look at face value and to say somebody, that's a Christian and that's a wicked one. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Because now the wicked ones look like the Christians and the Christians look like the wicked ones. The wicked ones dress like the Christians and the Christians dress like the wicked ones. The, the wicked ones act like the Christians. I go to church. I pray. I read my Bible. And the Christians act like the wicked ones. I go to the club. I smoke. I drink. I do all kinds of, of, of ungodly things. And then I pray and ask God for forgiveness. Well, if that's the case, it's hard to discern who's righteous and who's unrighteous. Who's, who's, who's doing what's good and who's doing what's wicked. Who's doing good and who's doing what's evil. It's hard to distinguish them. Sometimes you may be walking with somebody and they're working side by side with you or walking side by side with you and you don't know whether or not they are righteous or wicked. You just don't know. So God says, let them grow up together. Because in time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my angels and they're going to do the separating. They're going to recognize there's something in you that belongs to God. So you go over here. There's something in you that belongs to the devil. So you go over there. And they're going to make a separation because they realize that we're getting to a point, saints, where we're coming to the end of this dimension. Oh, don't get it wrong. We're coming to the end of this dimension. The Bible says it's the end of this world. This world. But I submit to you it's the end of this dimension. Because we are going to be changed. Something's going to happen that's going to change us all. I don't care if you're righteous or unrighteous. You are going to be changed. Amen. God's going to change you. Oh, yes, he is. You're going to be changed from mortal to immortality. From, from that thing that is carnal to incarnal. You're going to be changed from this flesh to a whole new flesh. You're going to go through a metamorphosis, Mr. Caterpillar, Mrs. Caterpillar. You are going through a change. 
Whether you like it or not, you are going through a change. Amen. Yeah, you have got to be changed. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Yes. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, Amen. we're going to all be changed. Yes. And when we are changed, we're going to move from this dimension to the next dimension. Yes. And that next dimension is what I'm here talking about today. The, the, Jesus, when he spoke to the people, he spoke this in the 42nd chapter, I mean, 42nd verse. He says, and he, this is talking about those that are unrighteous and those that are wicked, says that they shall be cast, he shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing, in other words, crying and screaming, and gnashing of teeth. People are going to be gnawing at their tongues or gnawing and gritting them, their faces, grimacing in pain. But the 43rd verse is the one that really caught me. Because he says, then shall the righteous shine forth yes. as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now, it's, it's hard for us to look directly at the sun. You can see it afar off, and perhaps if you're glancing in its direction, you can catch a glance, a glimpse of it, but you can't just just you know, steadfastly steer into the center of the sun. It will burn your eyes. It's too, too powerful. It's too intense. It's too bright. But he says that we, the children of his righteousness, are going to shine forth. When we move from this dimension to that dimension, we're going to shine forth as the sun. We're going to be children of light. Children of light that shine forth as the sun, whatever it is God changes us to, we're going to be able to transport ourselves just as light. Now that, that fascinated me because what it tells me then is this flesh that I know right now, this flesh will be able to be transcended because there will be no limitations on it. It will be able to move, travel. Have you ever seen something traveling at the speed of light? Yeah, we can hear things traveling at the speed of sound. But not at the speed of light. At the speed of light, that means you are really traveling at a very high rate of speed. And you can move from one distance to the other distance, and they call them light years, because you've got to travel so far in order to get from one point to the other point. But when you're traveling at light speed, yeah, you can get there with this, what we know as seconds, or as nanoseconds. You can just think. At the speed of thought, as fast as you can think it, you can be there. Can you imagine wanting to see Jesus? And Jesus is 15 galaxies away, but because you think you want to see him, you can be in his presence just by thinking about it. Jesus, I mean, that, that, that just blows my mind because it lets me know that at that point, when Jesus looks at us, see, there's something in you right now that God is cultivating. He's wicking, he's, he's carving it. And he's shaping it and he's molding it. And there's a light down on the inside of you that God is trimming right now. He's trimming the wax away. That's why I like that song that says, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. In other words, don't let your light go out. I don't care what may be coming or what may be going. Don't let your light, your righteous light in God go out. Because that's what he's looking for. He's looking to see the light that's in you. He says, those that are wicked, they are filled with Darkness. Yeah. Darkness. There is no hope. There is no light for them. They, 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 they do things now because they feel they're walking within the light. But there is no hope for them and there is no light for them. 
when they get to that next dimension, they're going to realize their light has gone out. It is dark. And they will be dwelling forevermore in darkness. But he says, we who are righteous, we are the ones who are going to shine forth. I like that word. And then shall the righteous shine forth. And can you imagine your body being such, such so, so bright because the element that is that you are now made up of is so illuminous. It is so bright that it's like the sun that when someone looks on you, they're like, wow. Because they can recognize the light that's in you. That's what the angels are going to be looking for. They're going to say, who has the light of God within them? Who has the illumination of God within them? Who has the brightness of God within them? And as they see it, they'll say, that one belongs over there. It won't be hard for them to recognize you versus the weeds. No, it won't be hard for them to recognize the wheat from the tears. It won't be hard at all because they're going to be able to see the light in you. And they're not going to be able to see the light in the tears and the weeds. So they'll say, the ones that are dark, cast them into the furnace. The ones that are, you don't put light with light. Yeah. Hallelujah. No, the light shines by itself. It shines by itself. So therefore, they'll recognize who you are yeah. in the next dimension. There's something in you now that God has placed through his spirit that shines and God recognizes it. I'm here to tell you that that dimension that dimension, that thing that's in you, that dimension is going to manifest it. See, there, there, there's a scripture that says that the earth groaneth now, yeah, it groans, waiting on what? The manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because the earth knows that there's something about the sons of God, about the children of God, that causes the earth to bloom, that causes the earth to come forth, that causes the earth to manifest things that it can't manifest without the children of God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, now, now, now we're starting to understand this thing because there's some things that can't come forth until you come forth. There's some things that won't come forth until you have been changed. Once you've been changed, once you've been converted from mortal to immortality, then you'll realize there's some things that I couldn't do before that I can do now. Yeah. When you're walking in Christ Jesus in that next dimension, you're going to realize I don't have any limitations. And the only limitations that I have is what God has placed on me, which are nothing. Nothing compared to the limitations that we have now. Right now, our physical bodies get sick. And we have to call and ask for healing. Or we have to take medicines, things of this earth, in order to try and heal our physical bodies. Can you imagine being in a body that never gets sick? Never experiences pain? No more back pains? No more knee pains? No more foot pain? No more headaches? Oh, come on, somebody. Being in a, a being that had, doesn't have to worry about that ever again. God says, yeah, that's when the limitations will be out of the way. And you'll realize that that new dimension is where you need to be. See, that's what was the issue with Christ. If I were to title or coin this message this morning, it would be transition. Transition. Because Jesus, the 33 years that he was here on this earth, he was in a state of transition. He was going from Knowing what it's like to be in the presence of the Father. And, and in that dimension, and have to transition into what it's like to be mankind. The Son of Man. 
What is it like to be mankind and to experience pain and hurt and anger and frustration and all of that, to have to experience that in this dimension? So he was in a state of transition. And the more he stayed here, the more that this dimension, he longed, he longed, he wanted to stay here in this dimension to help those that were here to get to the next dimension. Because he knew what that other dimension it, it, what it entailed. He knew what it held for them. He knew what was at stake. So he was constantly trying to get us to see the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like this. And it was hard because he's, he's using words that mankind understood, but the concept they could not understand. What do you mean we're going to be changed? What do you mean the kingdom of God is like a, a leaven, like a, a loaf of bread? What do you mean the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price? He says, that pearl that I'm talking about is mankind. Which a man findeth. In other words, he sees it. He says, mankind is a good pearl. He really is. But he hid it. Where did he hide it? He hid it in flesh. He hid it in this world. He says, he hid it there. And he went and he sold everything he had. To buy that one pearl. He says it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. If you found something, if you walked out there, because at one point in time he talks about a field, a man that finds a treasure in a field. We have a baseball field out there. And if somebody was walking around and they found a million or billion dollars in a couple of suitcases on the baseball field, what do you think you would do, Pastor? You probably say, oh, I got I to gotta buy that field because I need to own the thing that owns the thing. I need to own that field where that treasure is. And he says that he buried it. Yeah, he buried it. He says, mankind, I'm going to put him on the earth, but I'm going to encase him in flesh. I'm going to bury him in flesh because we came from the dust and we're going to go back to the dust. He says, I'm going to bury him in flesh because I know what he's really worth. I know what his price is. I know the value of the human soul. I know its value. And he says, because I know its value, I'm going to hide it. And I'm going to leave it there for a while. But I'm going to go and I'm going to sell everything I've got. And what are we talking about? He sold not only his blood when he died on Calvary, but he sold his life. He gave his life. That's everything he had. He gave his life. Why? So that he could pay the price. To free you and me. Pay the price to buy you and me. By our salvation. By our righteousness. He paid the price. Because he knew our value. Yes. I'm speaking to somebody today. Lord. You need to understand that God recognizes your value. Yes. yes he does. He knows how valuable you are. And he says because when you move from this dimension to the next dimension... You are going to shine forth as the sun. You're going to shine forth as the sun in his kingdom. In his kingdom. He's going to be able to look at you and say, now you wonder why I went through what I went through. Oh, come on, somebody. Why I went through the, all of the pain. Why I went through the humiliation. Why I suffered the agony of being crucified on a cross. You want to know why I did that? Look at you now. He says, I did it for you because I knew what you were worth. I knew your value. I knew what you were worth. I knew how important you could be to the kingdom of God. 
Oh, Jesus, Lord, this, I get goosebumps every time I even think about the fact that we're going to be transitioned from this flesh, this mortal body, into beings that shine forth as the sun. Beings that walk, that go, that travel from one place to the other, and all you can see is just a, a bowl or a glowing light because they have so much power within them, so much energy, so much force within them able to do whatever it is God commands them to do, and with ease. It's hard living down here in this flesh because of the limitations that we have. There are times when you want to do certain things and you are not able to do them because your flesh is limiting you. But when you have been changed, when you have been transitioned from this dimension to the next dimension, saints, I'm here to tell you that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm living for. Because I want God to be able to see the light in me. And when he says that, that I'm transforming you, I'm transitioning you from this dimension to the next dimension, that light that's in you, you wait till you see how big it can be. You wait till you see how bright it can be. You think you have a, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You think it's a little light. Wait till you see how powerful it is when I've taken you from this dimension to the next dimension. That's what this word is doing. As he spoke to the people in those parables, he explained it in a way that they could grasp their mind around it, that they could understand it. But he asked his disciples towards the end, he asked them, did they understand? And the disciples told him, yes, eventually. They told him, yes, we now understand. And because they understood it, he says, that's why I'm calling you. That's why I've shared these hidden secrets to you, God had never given anyone before, none of the prophets, none of the, the, the patriarchs, he had never given them the ability to understand these parables before. He had never given them the ability to be able to articulate and speak about the kingdom of God like Jesus spoke about it. He's the only one that really could truly speak about the kingdom of God because he was there. He was in that other dimension before he came into this dimension. And so he has credibility. He is, in fact, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that created it, and he's the one that says, the end. He's the one that does it. He knows what God has in store for you. Yeah. And because he knows what God has in store for you, he can speak these things in parables to say, it's like this, and it's like that, it's like this. You know, when you found the most most glorious treasure, the most valuable thing that you can find, then you want to make sure that you can do everything you can to possess it. Yeah. Everything you can to have it. Everything you can to hold on to it. You don't want anyone else to get it. Saints, I'm here to tell you, that is what you and I represent to God. We're the most valuable thing that he has. He looks on us and he says, even though he made us a little lower than the angels, he's going to glorify us just as he had glorified his angels, we're going to have the same kind of glory that his angels have. Now, come on now, somebody. you got to really grasp this thing. Because angels are very, very revered by God. God, he uses his angels to do his work. He uses his angels and commands them to do things that are impossible for mankind to do. But when he's changed us, we'll be able to do things just like the angels do. We'll be able to fly just like the angels fly. We won't need wings to fly. Come on, somebody. I won't, no, no, no. See, you don't understand what I'm saying here. I won't have to be jealous of an angel that has six wings. 
Because I'll say, how fast can you fly? And the angel says, well, one wing can take me so so miles per hour. Another wing can take me in so and so miles per hour. And I'll say, you know what? I can fly faster than that, and I don't even need wings. Now, come on, somebody. When you get to that point where you know God has created you above those things that we see down here, above those things that are in the other dimension, and he's he's given you a place in him. He says, I've created you, your soul, mankind. I've created you as a great pearl. I've created you as a great treasure. I've created you as that thing that I found that I realized is value, and I've allowed you to transition from one dimension to the next dimension. I've allowed you to exist in the earth, and I'm going to allow you to exist in heaven as well. Now, that is some powerful stuff that we're talking about today. When the, the God that we know allowed you to exist in this time, but then he's going to wipe it all away and allow you to exist in a new time. That boggles my mind because I realize that's the kind of God that we serve. A God that's going to take the pain and the misery, the limitations, the things that hinder us now from serving him. He's going to take all of those things away. He's going to remove those things. Those things are going to be things of the past. And I'm here to tell you, all things are going to be passed away. And behold, all things are going to be new. It it, it boggles my mind to even think that I'll be able to be in God's presence. Seeing him, seeing his son face to face, knowing all about the spirit and how it moves, how it interacts. It really, really weighs on my mind because I think about those things and I say, that's something I can't experience right now. But I have a blessed hope. How many of you have a blessed hope that God's going to allow you to experience everything his word says? If he says you will be able to to walk out and to sail to a mountain, be thou removed, you know you're going to be able to do that. You'll be able to say, I want that mountain over there. He said, just speak to it. Just speak to the mountain, and it'll, it'll move wherever you want it to move. You'll be able to say, I want that rose to be pink, or I want that rose to be green, and within a moment, that rose turns whatever color you speak. Come on now, when you can think in that kind of a dimension, then that's a whole new world. That's a whole new environment. That's something brand new that we it is hard for us to even imagine now. But that's what God has in store for those who serve him, those who accept him, those who will move from his, from this time into his kingdom, yeah. his kingdom. Yeah. I, I, I'll end it with this because I, as we begin to describe the kingdom of God and its dimensions, yeah, its dimensions, its size, its length, its breadth, its height, and we said that it was approximately from like New York City just past Texas, you can imagine, that long, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. It takes 92 miles to be in space right now on this, in this physical earth, on this physical dimension, this physical dimension. It takes 92 miles If you keep going straight up 92 miles, you'll be in space. There's no more gravity. You're you're in space, 92 miles. But the city is going to be 1,500 miles high. The walls of the city, 1,500 miles high. That that just boggles my mind. It blows my mind. But because see, and I understand now that I'm going to close with this one thing, because I really think it's a nugget for somebody. 
when you think of it in terms of dimensions, you realize everybody that's on the face of this earth walking around is walking around on one dimension. Nobody is walking around in more than 100 feet of space. Your building might be 100 feet high, 100 stories, or, or ten, uh, you know, 1,000 stories. Your building might be that high, but that's as far as you're going to go. And if you're walking around on this earth, you're at what we call ground zero. You're walking on the dirt. That's as high as you're going to go, whether you're 5 feet tall, 6 feet tall, or 7 feet tall. You're not, going, you're not walking around in no one mile high. You're not doing that. But can you imagine in God's kingdom, because it will be multidimensional, there will be people who will be on the, 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 the foundation walking around looking at the golds and streets paved with gold and, and the silver and the diamonds. And then there are others going to, that are going to be in a ne next level who may be a, a mile or two in the air and they're still walking around as well because they have the ability to exist in that dimension. And others up to 1,500 miles. You've got people layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer being able to dwell. That's why God said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Oh, let me tell you, there are many mansions because there are many dimensions. There are many mansions. I don't know whether you're going to be on that first dimension or whether you're going to be on the thousandth dimension. But I know one thing. I'll just be glad to be in his kingdom. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'll just be glad to be in his kingdom. Because as long as I'm in the kingdom, where the king is. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Where the king is. Yeah. I thank God for his word on this morning. And I pray that somebody really has grasped from that. I pray that it has given someone a glimmer of hope. Because that's what God's doing today. He's letting you know you have a light in you. And you need to cultivate that light. Seek to, to trim it. Seek to get more knowledge about it. So that you can hold on to it. It is worth a great price. That God, that life that God has placed in you, and you don't want to lose it. So on today, my prayer is that God will allow you to preserve your light. As we transition from this dimension to the next, I pray that God will allow you to strengthen and develop your light. Pray with me as we close out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now, God, for each and every one that has heard this word. And I pray that they will allow it to go into their hearts, God. Lord, let it dwell with them. Let it nurture them and nourish them. Let them feed off of your word because your words are true, God. Just as real as we are here today in this physical dimension, we know that we will be just as real, in fact, even more real in your spiritual dimension. We thank you for it today. I pray that your word will be received, Lord, and that we will grow from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.